Live it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,220. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm well, I'm back across the pond in Wood Newton in the UK with a very special guest from the car care world, and you know I love car care, by the name of Stephen King. Steve, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Ah, good morning, Mark. Yes, let's, let's go. Let's go. We'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we get into your world, what's maybe one little thing people don't know about Steve King? One thing that people don't know about Steve King, I'm a pretty transparent individual, so it's difficult for me to uh, to think of something. Well, I love to garden. I've got a lot of grass, an acre and a half of grass in front of me. I love to look after the pair of swans that we have at the bottom of the garden on the stream. But uh, other than that, I think I'm a pretty transparent individual, Mark. I can't think of anything that uh, other people wouldn't know about me. No secrets here. You know, I, I love to get out in the yard myself, and you and I live in somewhat of similar climates. I'm here in the Pacific Northwest where it can get a little gray and rainy uh, sometimes of the year, but it's glorious in other types of the year. And I do like to get out in the yard. I find that it's somewhat zen-like, very therapeutic to get away from things. And of course, these days you can listen to a podcast when you're mowing that large swath yeah. of grass or clipping and things. But I, I too love to do that. My neighbors will laugh at me because I'll spend a whole hour on one plant making it look just just right, almost kind of like a bonsai. Uh, and I've got 24 rhododendrons on top of all sorts of stuff around here. So it's enough to keep me busy in my downtime. No, I agree totally. It's a great way of flushing all the troubles of the working week out of your head. Absolutely. Although I don't have any swans, so maybe I need to get a few, but I need a pond for that too, right? They are very tranquil, very, very tranquil. They're, they're, they're nice animals. You have to be a little careful when they've got cygnets. When they have babies, you have to keep your distance. I would imagine. Yeah, don't mess with a uh, mama bear and her babies <laughs> in, ah. in, in any kind of uh, creature, for sure. Well, let me uh, I'll give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive in your world. Stephen King launched the Meguiar's car care business in the UK in 2001, and today he's responsible for what they call the EMEA, their European, Middle Eastern, and African business sectors. When he's not working, he loves to spend time with his family, and apparently in the garden, too, especially with his grandchildren. That's a nice blessing, for sure. I've got one of those. I'm hoping I'm going to get some more. He lives with his beautiful wife, Susan, of 40 years in a beautiful old English village called Wood Newton in the center of the UK. And when he's out in the sunshine, he likes to go for country drives, preferably with a group of friends. And when the weather's not so good, like this time of the year, he'll meet with his buddies in the local pub. And of course, they're talking about cars. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. They keep the petrol in the tanks over here. And we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions. Plus, it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's very soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, well, simply add their gust guards for those windy conditions for extra protection. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and specifics 
that have been their standard since 1965. Cover crop protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and your watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover, whether it's stored inside or out. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YAH21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them your friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's Autogeek.net. So, Stephen, let's talk a little bit about your career. Now, back in 2001, you launched branding the products for Meguiar's. I've had Barry Meguiar on the show several times, probably 12 different people from the Meguiar's car care brand. My listeners know I started detailing cars when I was 14 years old to pay for my surfboards and other fun stuff. And Meguiar's was the product I used back then because, well, you guys were the best. So tell me what led up to you taking on this role and this challenge of launching a U.S. brand across a wide swath of Europe. Yeah, it's... um. It's quite a long story, so uh, so cut me off if uh, if I start to bore you, Mark. But okay. back in uh, in two thousand and for the five years before that, I was uh, managing director of uh, ITW business in the UK. ITW are an American company, Illinois Toolworks, a big company, um, and uh, I ran a, a business for them in uh, in the UK. Um, I've always been a car guy. And I had a, a divisional chairman who was uh, who would come through every quarter for business reviews. He was a car guy himself. He used to race uh, Porsche 917s. He had three or four cars in the company car park, basement car park. 
So whenever I picked him up from the airport or from the station, I would pick him up in my company car, which would always be uh, a nicely specced BMW or something similar, and it would be immaculately clean. And that was something that he appreciated. He was a neat nick and a car enthusiast himself. And so we would invariably start talking about cars. And I worked for this guy for, uh, for four or five years before he retired and moved on. During that time, uh, after he'd left the company, um, he was one of five brothers in the US. And he used to spend Christmas with one or more of the brothers. And he spent one Christmas with a younger brother. That brother uh, worked for Loctite in Hong Kong. And they were the distributors for the Meguiar's car care brand in that part of the world. And so my boss spoke to his younger brother and said, you wouldn't have to know somebody that might be interested in starting a car care brand in the UK. And that's when my boss spoke up and said, uh, well, you know, I've, I know this guy. Um, I know he's passionate about cars. I know that he is equally passionate about keeping those cars immaculately clean. You might want to have a conversation with him. So I got a call out of the blue from my former boss's brother. Could we meet uh, at an airport? We met at an airport in a hotel. We had a conversation for an hour. I gave him some input, um, some ideas about uh, how I think he should go about finding somebody for uh, the Maguire's business in the UK. And then the next thing I know, uh, a contract proposal came from uh, Maguire's asking me if I would be interested in, uh, in starting that business in the UK. Um, at the time, I was very well settled with my family. Both my daughters were very small. The eldest was only 10, if I remember rightly. The youngest, only seven. We were in a beautiful home in North Yorkshire. And if you don't know the geography of the UK, North Yorkshire is a beautiful part of the world, but it's quite remote. It was very handy for my job at the time because I had a factory in a place called Leeds, a city called Leeds, and another one a little south of that. But it was convenient and we had a fantastic lifestyle living just on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales. And I can remember it quite clearly. Um, it took me 18 months to think about this proposal from the Maguires. And over that time, those 18 months, several iterations, contracts came to me in the post and by email. I spent a small fortune with a lawyer looking over these contracts, and every time the lawyer told me that there was something that could be better in the contract, the Maguire's family changed it so that it was exactly what the lawyer said. And at the end of the day, after 18 months, my lawyer in Leeds said to me, look, Steve, you've got to decide. Either you do this thing or you don't, but they've given you absolutely everything that you've asked for. These people want you to do this quite badly, so you've got to make a decision. So I can remember sitting Susan and my two daughters down at the kitchen table in our house in, uh, in North Yorkshire, just outside a, a town called Harrogate, uh, and explaining to them that I had this opportunity. I had this opportunity. It was something that Daddy wanted to do because it was a, a wise man, Mark. A wise man once told me that the, the key to a happy um, working life is to combine your work with your hobby. If you can combine your work with your hobby, that is, that is bliss. That is the, the best place you can be. And this, I thought, I felt pretty sure this was the closest I was ever going to get to combine my, my work and my hobby. Somebody wanted to pay me to go to car shows. 
<laughs> yes, I had to talk about car wax while I was there, but I got to spend my weekends and evenings with car enthusiasts and to build a business and to make money at the same time. And so I sat the girls down at that kitchen table. I explained to them what I wanted to do. I remember they looked up at me. My two daughters looked up at me and they said, Dad, we'll do whatever you say. If you say this is the best thing for us as a family, then we totally trust you. We're happy to make the small sacrifices that will be involved in the short term. We're, we're totally behind you. And that was just the most gratifying thing that uh, you can ever hear from your, from your children and from your wife, for that matter, that, that level of trust. It does put a lot of pressure on your shoulders because you've got to make it work. I was in an incredibly well-paid corporate job, and I was effectively telling them that I was going to use our life savings to start a company, to build a business. And as it turned out, I wasn't in a position to pay myself a salary for the first 18 months of the startup. So, you know, it was, um, I won't say they were tough times. You know, I've, I've known tougher times. You know, I come from, uh, from a working class family where we didn't have a lot. We, you know, we, we had everything we needed. We didn't have everything we wanted. We had everything we needed, but not everything we wanted. So, you know, I've, I've known more difficult times than those early days with Maguire's, but it was a big change for the kids. It was a big change for my wife. They had to move to a smaller home, one that we could buy without a mortgage. And as I say, no money coming in, just money going out of our savings account for the first 18 months. So that's kind of the, the potted history. I'm sorry if that's a little bit uh, lengthy for you, Mark. No, bold things come to those who are bold. And that definitely was a bold move. But the key thing I heard you say was combining your passion with a career path and an opportunity to build a business. And for those listeners out there that are thinking about making a bold move to work in an area, and that's a lot what Cars Yow Podcast is about, is sharing inspiring stories like that. Uh, I did something very similar years and years ago, going from one very solid job to a uh, new company, and it was scary, and oh, how are we going to do this, and making less money, and uprooting my family, bringing them to a whole new city, leaving, leaving everybody. But again, bold things come to those people who try bold things. So my hat's off to you. I think that's absolutely wonderful. You know, as you... Look at your career with Meguiar's, and it's a spectacular brand, uh, wonderful people. Has there been a mentor that's been associated with this journey with Meguiar's for you? It would be wrong of me to, I mean, there have been many people along the road that have been supportive, people that I've learned from, people that have taught me fantastic lessons. I'm very fortunate that the Meguiar's business certainly in the 20 years that I've been with it, has been populated by some of the brightest, kindest, most thoughtful colleagues that someone could wish for. And so there have been a lot of people along the way that have given me a, a hand up. But I've got to point to Barry himself, because Barry is the guy that all of the things that have made me successful over the last 20 years, very few of them have been my personal innovation. Most of them have been following a well-trodden path that Barry and his family have established over 120 years, not the 20 years that I've been in the business. You mentioned that uh, earlier when we were chatting that you've spoken to Barry maybe a dozen times over the years. You, you must know what a 
gracious and thoughtful man he is. Of course. And, and just how supportive he can be for people in all sorts of walks of life, but none more so than the people that are working hard to build the Maguire's brand in markets all over the world. He is held in incredible affection by our uh, distributors. We call them market development partners because they're far more than just international distributors. They do far more for the brand than a distributor ever would. And he is held in such high affection and regard by all of those MDPs. It's a true credit to the man and the way that he runs, he's run the business in the past. I met Barry probably 30 years ago, and uh, he was actually a competitor of the company I was with for years, but stayed in touch with them, uh, always gracious and kind. And when I left my old company, Griot's Garage, uh, reconnected with Barry. You know, I've been to SEMA probably 32 times now, and I would typically see him there. Always took time for me to talk, and uh, we would have breakfast sometimes. And uh, uh, they always had a prayer breakfast that I would always go to, and he would always be there. And, of course, his uh, uh, Religion is so important to him, and preaching and talking to people and sharing and mentoring is a key part of his life. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's quite spectacular, and we've we've stayed and remained friends. I knew his late daughter Nicole very well. She was a guest on the show, uh, of course, Barry's wife and and the whole McGuire's family. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. It's a tremendous, tremendous group of people uh, that you're involved with, and. Um, Quite spectacular, the empire uh, and just this, the longevity of the brand and the fact that he's still associated so well with everything. So, yeah, he's a he's a super guy. Really, really like him a lot. In fact, he uh, recently moved out of California over to Arizona. So he's yeah. living over there. My daughter just moved to Arizona. So we're going to be going over there. So I'll be reaching out to him for when we go over and spend maybe the, the gloomy winters that are here. We'll spend it in the desert. And I'll say, hey, Barry, what are some car shows happening this weekend? No doubt he has a long list that he'll he'll share with me. Uh, we're going to come back in just a minute. We'll say a thank you to our sponsors. We come back. I want to talk about perhaps some of the challenges with building this brand because brands and building brands, especially in an entirely new market, is certainly fraught with challenges, but there are rewards that come with that as well. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars. Yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six and there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to linkagemag.com and click on the renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code renew6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in renew12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, <laughs> even more special. So go to Linkage mag.com again use the code renew6 or renew12 to get that special deal do it before december 31st 2022 so that in 2023 you'll get six issues of linkage magazine instead of four if you're listening to this program there's a pretty good chance you believe what i believe that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other they're a part of our culture our identity and as a people 
They bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So I always ask my guests a challenge question, Steve. And in this case, I'd like to dwell on the challenges with taking an American brand to a European market, a very broad market, and maybe what are some of the challenges that could have been a big challenge at the time, but when you look back, they were incredibly rewarding and lesson learning times for you. So take us on maybe a little bit of a bumpy ride where you need a lot of polish and a lot of wax to make that thing shine. No, I, and I think it's it's that thought, Mark. You know, you, you, you said, you made the point that Pretty much every market in the world is a crowded market when it comes to car care. And the UK was exactly that. It was a very crowded market. And when I when I had those first few conversations with the Maguire's organization, I did my homework. I went out into the marketplace. I was obviously I was obviously familiar with the products that I had used myself, the products that my dad had used for many years. But the marketplace was a lot bigger than that, and it was it was incredibly crowded, and really it was it was one very important factor that played a, a part in my decision to do what I did in two thousand one and and throw everything up and 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 throw my lot in with the Maguire's business, and that was if you use car care products, if you are somebody who likes to take care of their cars, you will know good products. You will know the difference between good and bad. If you spend a lot of time detailing your cars, you will know the difference between good and great products. There are a lot of good products around the world, many, many brands and thousands of good products. But one of the things that Barry drilled into me very early on in, in, in my time speaking to the Maguire's team, the Maguire's business will not launch a new product unless it is demonstrably better than the competitors that are already in the market. And when you keep in mind that our business model is one where we focus on those 10 to 15% of car owners who are enthusiasts, who are passionate about their cars, or maybe are just what you guys in the States call neatniks, people <laughs> who want to keep everything in their life neat and tidy and they take good care of their stuff. I'll raise my hand. I'm guilty, <laughs> big time. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you appreciate that, that those 10 to 15% of car owners are the people that we target our products at, these are people that can tell the difference between good and great. They've tried all the good products. And when you give them a great product, then they immediately appreciate that it's great and you've won a new customer. And that was, you know, the, the, the Maguire's family were very, very sensible, very logical. They sent me a whole bunch of samples and they said, look, Steve, 
don't listen to the salesman's hot air. Try the products. Just try them for yourself. And I spent a couple of weekends, you know, my car has never been so clean. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was working from top to bottom, every single surface, and I had no choice but to conclude that these products were better than anything I'd ever tried before. And that gave me incredible confidence. It gave me incredible confidence that even though I was starting a business in a marketplace which was crowded with strong competitors, I could, I, I had something different. I had something that was better. And all I had to do, my simple marketing challenge, was to put those products into the hands of people who could tell the difference. Now, from day one, we didn't call them influencers in those days. Influencers is something that has developed with social media and, uh, and the latest internet uh, trends. But, but these people were influencers. There were people in the UK, in the car hobby, that had car collections, that maybe had businesses already in the car hobby that were dedicated to performance parts or whatever. And I was able to put together a, a database of about 20 or 30 names of people that were respected in the car hobby in the UK. And I made appointments. I called these people up. I turned up on their doorstep with a sample bag. I gave them the pitch. I gave them the Barry Maguire's pitch. Don't, don't listen to the salesman's hot air. Here you are. Yeah. Here are some samples. Try these products. I'll call you in a week or two's time to hear what you think about them. And that was it. That was my sales pitch. And it worked. You know, before I knew it, I had people, these influencers were so blown away by the performance of the Maguire's products that they wanted to be a part of our launch. They wanted to feature in our ads. And so we started, in those days, print ads were still big. 20 years ago, sure. there were hundreds of enthusiast titles on the newsstand that you could, uh, that you could use. And I would pick these, these influencers, these, these, these new fans of Maguire's, and I would uh, hire a photographer, and we would shoot a photograph of, uh, of, uh, of the enthusiasts together with maybe one of their cars or their car collection. Sure. And our strap line that we used in that very first campaign was, if you know cars, you know Maguire's. So the implication was that if you are a car guy, you must know about Maguire's. Now, obviously, the things that the Maguire's family were doing at Pebble Beach, at Concorso Italiano, you know, Amelia Island, all of the big shows in the States gave us immediate credibility. I could refer to those things as well. But I could stand at car shows every weekend and talk to people and say to them, well, if you're a car guy, you need to know about Maguire's. And that was always, that was always our intro. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And you're right. I think back in the day, I've always thought, you know, I was a car care influencer because I was the guy on every street I've ever lived on that everyone on the weekend saw out in the driveway detailing his yeah. car. So as a result, in those days before social media, everyone would come over, hey, Mark, I've got this problem. It still happens today. Uh, just uh, last week, I was out washing my wife's car and a neighbor came down and what do you use to clean the wheels? You know, so you're right. And nowadays the world is our oyster when it comes to influencers. And it's almost more difficult because you've got to pick wisely. Who is that influencer? Are they doing the right things? Are they respecting your brand and the concepts behind your brand? But uh, it's a fascinating story. I I'm curious, was there any advantage to an American company being in Europe, because I used to do business in Japan, and even to this day, Japan is seems to be enthralled with United States culture and so forth. Was it 
anything like that in Europe where people go, oh, we like American things, so therefore there's some credibility there? Did that play into it? Well, you know, it's, um, again, we, in those early days here in the UK and subsequently in other European markets, and I'm thinking of places like France, Germany, the Netherlands, the way into the marketplace is not with people, car enthusiasts of yours and my age, Mark. We are people who are generally set in our ways. We've been using the product that we use week in and week out for many, many years. And sometimes it takes a stick of dynamite to get us to change to oh, another yeah. product. Yep. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Now, the way into the market that we used in the UK and subsequently in other European markets was through the tuna scene. Through the uh, through the young guys that were that were working on their first or second car that were modifying the cars and back twenty years ago you know it was the big rims the big chrome rims it was the flip paint it was the the custom trimmed interior with the big hi fi systems so the way into the market for us was with those innovators those early adopters as the marketeers would say. And that was the soft underbelly of the market, that the, the entrenched leading brands in the UK, in France, in Germany, they were all resting on their laurels and expecting these youngsters to follow the same path that their father took. But if you can get to these guys at a car show, which is only populated by like young guys and gals, now, that's the time to show them something new, to say, here's a sample, try this sachet sample of this wax, this shampoo, this scratch remover, and you will see that it's better than anything your father's used, anything that you'll ever use. And that was the way we entered. It was through the Young Tuners. And we very, very rapidly became the brand of choice, and we started to see our logo Back in the early days of the Fast and the Furious, can you remember how all the brands would be listed on the doors of the cars and along the sills? Very quickly, we saw the Maguire's logo appearing on these Tudor cars. And in the end, we were producing thousands of these um, logos every year and giving them, obviously, free of charge to all the cars that deserved them. So if you had a, a Tudor car that was well cared for, that was going to shows on a regular basis, we would make sure that our Maguire's brand name was on your car. We'd probably give you a couple of uh, free products as well, just to say thank you. But that was the way we uh, entered the market, through that, what I call the soft underbelly of youth. Well, you did a great job because I travel a lot to Europe every year, way back, looking to buy products. I'd go to Intermechanica and other big shows that were over in the uh, UK, and even some in Asia as things started to migrate there. And every time I go to these shows, I see a Maguire sticker on all the cars. Like the SEMA cars, you see, you know, you'd see that name, and I'd always go, okay, these guys are like everywhere. How are they doing this? So uh, you did a brilliant job. My hat's off to you. Being a marketer, uh, you, you guys did a really, really brilliant job. I think that was cool. But I want to talk a little bit about your passion for cars because okay. I know you're a clean car freak like me. Uh, that certainly adds a level of burden to our lives, but you know, it's kind of fun. I mean, even to this day, living where I live, uh, when it rains, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go out and drive my car, but I've got great products like Maguire's products to to make it look good again. So no problem there. So is there one special vehicle in your life when you look back across your life that really stands out for you? And if so, what was that vehicle and share a story about that ride? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate at this stage in my life that, you know, I've obviously 
got a little bit of money to spend on my hobby and you know I've, I've got a couple of toys in the garage outside and another one down at a home that we have on the south coast of Portugal but um, if I think back about the, the cars that have made the most difference to me it's not the it's not the high performance toys that sit in the garage today it's probably the very first car I ever had um, and that was uh, that was a, a thing. It won't mean anything to you, I'm sure, but it was. Uh, you may have heard of the Triumph brand. Of course, they're probably more famous for motorcycles now. But I had a, a, a Triumph Toledo, which was a two door saloon or sedan, quite small. It only had a 1300 cc engine, but the the quality of trim level. It had a lovely wooden dashboard, a real wooden dashboard. Manual shifter, of course. It had a leather interior. And I can remember Dad and I going all the way to uh, Hampstead, West Hampstead in London, to a very um, fancy property. Um, and this, this, this car, I couldn't believe this car was being sold from this property, but it turned out to be the gardener's son oh. who was selling his car. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gardener's son was selling his car. So it was a, 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 a a white Triumph Toledo. I think it was probably about 12 years old. So what year would that have made that car then? That car would have been, that would have been, so I would have bought the car in 78, 78. So I oh, think six, that was probably eight years old. I, be, I seem to remember it was on a J plate, and I think that's a 1970. 1970, plate. okay. So that was yeah. a little little four-door sedan? It's uh, it's a saloon car. I so, think what you guys would refer to as a sedan. A sedan yeah, yeah. A two door. It was a two door. It was white with a black interior. So it was the wrong color for car care. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the rust bubbled through after about six months. So I used to spend a lot of time working on bodywork. But uh, no, that was my first car. I, I, I loved it. And I thought, I thought I really had made it. I thought I was the bee's knees in this uh, in this car and obviously you know your first car you guys in the states are so lucky you get your driving license when you're 16 we have to wait an extra year for ours here in the uk okay uh, so uh you know it's it's such an important part of that passage to adulthood actually having your own transport so you're not relying on mum and dad driving you around to uh, to social events and the like so it really was a coming of age for me when I had that uh, that car. So that would be the one that's probably most special in my heart. Well, Triumphs, of course, I'm familiar with uh, mainly because of the TR2s, 3s, uh, yeah. TR7s, TR8s. Beautiful little cars. I really wanted to buy a Triumph that a neighbor had when I was a kid. Uh, my dad said, uh, I think you're better off with something different. <laughs> As an old British car, remember we had one of those. My dad had a 40, uh -huh. 49 MGTC as his first sports car when I was, I think, five years old. And that's what really started it for me. And then his good friend had a Jaguar E-Type coupe oh, wow. a series one that he used to come over and i used to just go oh that was that was my first matchbox car matchbox by lesney right um yeah, yeah. i still have that little uh car my dad bought it for me uh, one day when we took a drive in his mg so but the toledo never made it over here but i'm familiar with what you're talking about so uh yeah, yeah. those first cars are pretty cool well i'm gonna be your car psychologist you may not know this but i've got a doctorate in car psychology i kind of printed my own degree so don't worry about that but i'm an expert in this field if you were manifest steve as a vehicle reincarnated pun intended what would you be and why wow 
You definitely would be a shiny car. I know that. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it would be hopefully immaculately clean and black because oh, there oh, is nothing cleaner than a clean black car. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think I would be what we here would call a VW Golf. I think oh. you guys have rabbits. Is it the rabbit in we, the in the states? We did have golfs here, and it started as rabbits, but there was golfs, uh, the Golf uh, GT twos and so forth. And I'm very familiar. My my first new car was a uh, Volkswagen Scirocco. A '79 first gen Scirocco. That's so, a step up from the golf, but yeah, once, but very similar. Even had the same kind of shift knob, the little golf ball shift knob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and let me explain why. Well, let me try to explain why. Okay. The, 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 this golf would be slightly modified. It wouldn't be totally stock. It would have some nice rims, probably BBS. Yep. Um, it would. It would, as I say already, have. Beautiful paintwork that uh, that I had worked on, and or somebody had worked on, because um, that would be important to me. But the most important thing is that, and this is the way I kind of see myself, I guess. Um, it's simple, it's unflustered, it's but everything is immaculately put together. I've got a I've got a great deal of respect for the Volkswagen Audi group as a whole. I mean, they I know their brand portfolio these days is huge. Everything from um, Bugattis through to um, Skodas now, I think in yeah. uh, in yeah. the portfolio. But yeah, you know, as I say, I'm a huge fan of uh, of the whole group. But as far as the VWs are concerned, you know, in terms of value for money, I like to think of myself as value for money. I like to think of myself as somebody who is simple but well put together in terms both physically and psychologically. So I think there's nothing flamboyant about me. I, 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 I said when we were chatting before the interview, Mark, that I'm not somebody who seeks self-publicity. I'd rather be in the shadows. I'd rather be in the back room orchestrating things. And so... I think that's consistent with the VW Golf. It's value for money. It's practical. It's well put together. And it'll keep going for a good few years. And I hope there's a good few years left in me. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I don't think you have to worry about that, Steve. Yeah, those are great cars. I've always liked those cars. We've had Volkswagens in our family. Going back to VW Bugs, my sister had. I had a Carmen Ghia that I highly restored and modified in high school and college. And then that Scirocco, of course. And I did put BBS wheels on my Scirocco. Remember the, the old from the uh, late 70s, early 80s basket weave gold BBS wheels because my car was a dark green uh, with a gold pinstripe and a tan interior. So that was a wonderful car. In fact, we also had a, when my wife and I were young, our first new car was a Jetta GLI, same family of cars. So uh, yeah, but the GLI kind of made it a little bit more sporty, you know, kind of fun. So uh, I like it. Great answer to that question. That tripped some people up. You did a very nice job there. (laughs) Very cool. Now, is there a great, you're welcome. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? We love books here at Cars, yeah? Well, you know, I've never, I'm sure you've had many people on your podcast, Mark, that that can point to a, a management guru or a book that has change their perspective on life. When I read, I, I, I don't read to improve myself as such, although I do think that when you read 
novels even, you can improve your perspective on life. But I don't read management guides or motivational books. For me, I like to get out of my life. I like to go somewhere different in my head. I like to, I, I like good fiction. So for me, and I love historical fiction, and that's something that has come to me later in life. So um, there is a trilogy of books that you may or may not have heard of uh, by an author who quite recently passed on, unfortunately, called Hilary Mantel. And these books, these books are uh, known as the Wolf Hall Trilogy. And the Wolf Hall Trilogy document the life of uh, a guy called Thomas Cromwell, who was the fixer for our King Henry VIII. Um, and so Henry VIII, who, had, who was famous for the six wives, um, so Thomas Cromwell, as his fixer, obviously had a very, very interesting life. And so Hilary Mantel, who in her life was a consummate historian, she crafted three fantastic novels about Thomas Cromwell. And I think looking back, those three books are probably the most enjoyable time I've spent um, in a book. Um, and I would thoroughly recommend them to anyone. Um, we, um, we, the, the, the books themselves have won many prizes. Um, so, you know, they've been read by millions of people, I'm sure, by now. But uh, if you are into historical fiction, I can't recommend them highly enough. First time that's been recommended here. So I love learning about new authors and new books. I appreciate you sharing that. So I'm going to enable you today to go on the ultimate drive, which means I'm going to buy you any car in the world. I'm going to park it in your garage. Yeah, nice guy that You've I You've got deep pockets. I do, very deep. Yeah, especially since I've talked to over 2,200 people. I'm totally broke by now. Uh, I'm going to park any car in your garage. And here's the key. You can take it anywhere, but you can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us. So historical figures world's your oyster so what does that ultimate drive look like for you the political answer would be the love of my life my wife <laughs> of course years, susan i've heard that answer a few times and, and that and that would probably be the most practical answer as well but you know if if it if it can be somebody that has left us um already it would have to be my dad uh he took an incredible pride in everything that i did and uh I'd want to shine that, really. Um, you know, the, 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 the car, I think, would be a Pagani Zonda. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You're going to be an expensive date. <laughs> well, why not? You, you've told me that uh, it's a blank check and you've got deep pockets. The Pagani Zonda, why the Pagani Zonda? The Pagani Zonda is not only a work of art on wheels. The build quality of, um, of Mr. Pagani, his ethics, everything that he learned when he was at Lamborghini, everything that he has improved on yeah. since he started his own company has produced works of art that are incredibly well built. When you look at things like indicator stalks, the switch gear in the car, everything is made is made just for that car and is made with the highest quality materials and levels of craftsmanship. It is just something that if I wasn't driving it, I would be standing back and just admiring it for, for hours on end. And I've done that at car shows many, many times, admired it. I've never had the privilege of driving one. 
but I can only imagine what a fantastic experience it would be. And then you've got the reliability of that AMG power plant behind you. Right. So you've got the, the perfect marriage of Italian design flair and artistry with the practicality of German engineering to make sure that, uh, that you complete your journey. And then in terms of the journey, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate over my career to work for, and well, I've, I've worked exclusively for American companies for as long as I can remember in different industries. But I've worked for a couple that have been based in California. And so I'm, I'm familiar with parts of Pacific Coast Highway. I think for me, it's exotic. It may not be exotic to you, Mark, because you were born in Southern California or you certainly lived there for a while and now you're in Northwest, um, the Northwest Coast. So you probably, you're probably familiar. But the bits that I have driven while I've been there in the US have been spectacular. The scenery is spectacular. So I think the Pacific Coast Highway would have um, a great appeal for me, but it would be a close thing. Because if I could magic this Pagani Zonda to South Africa, Ooh. yes, to South yeah. Africa, and I could drive the Garden Coast in South Africa from Cape Town up to Port Elizabeth. When I first went to South Africa and I came back and, and shared some of my experiences with my family, my wife thought that we would be moving to South Africa the following week. <laughs> I was so excited and passionate about the things that I see. That particular road, which takes you up through the wine country of Stellenbosch and places like that, is spectacular. I've never been anywhere that is so unspoilt and so breathtakingly beautiful that you could sit and stare for hours on end. So it would be a it would be a toss up. Both of them coastal roads because I'm a I'm a great lover of the coast. I love the sea. I love being close to the sea. So I'm going to ask you for a Pagani Zonda, and you can put it down either in Cape Town or in San Diego. I'm not fussy, and uh, Dad and I will take that drive and spend a couple of weeks together having the times of our life. Well, I tell you what, it's the holiday season, so I'll send you on both trips. We'll we'll drive you oh. up the West Coast, and then we'll send you over to Africa. Have fun. I think that would be tremendous. Can you imagine <laughs> the depreciation on the Pagani? You know, you don't have to worry about that, remember? I'm, I'm putting the bill, so <laughs> screw depreciation. Screw inflation. It's all gone. We'll just magically make it go away. Oh, my kind of gift girl. Thank you. You're welcome, my friend. You've taken us on a fun ride today. This has been great. Could you share or... I say, should you leave us or could you leave us with some words of inspiration, advice? Oh, wow. For life? Yeah. For business? Both. I think, well, okay, something that, that has stuck with me that will stay with me to my dying days, and it's something that my father instilled in me from a very, very early age. If a job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. And that's something that I've instilled in my own kids you can only make the very best of what is in front of you. Whatever that job is, whatever that challenge is in life, you give it your very best. And I'm a great believer that if you do that, people notice and doors open for you. And that's the way I've lived my life. It's the way that my dear old dad lived his life. Um, and that's what it says on his gravestone. It says, you know, 
Harry's life was a job well done. <laughs> I love it. That's tremendous. Well, words of advice that are well heeded by all listening, and it's absolutely true. You know, listeners, you can find everything you need to know about Meguiar's on their website. Is there a special Meguiar's website for our listeners over there across the pond and the the the, the, the uh, all the different countries you deal with, actually? Well, if you go to Meguiar's.com, Mark, you'll find an international page. And that international page has the links to all of the countries where there are country-specific websites, obviously in the local language where appropriate. The UK, the UK site is obviously in, uh, in English, although you guys have, uh, have made some changes to the language your side of the pond. since. I, I, uh, since I take death. no I, – I have nothing to do with that. We <laughs> only have destroyed the Queen's English, and I apologize for that. No, that's no problem. But you'll find the Queen's English on the UK website – and you'll find all the other languages, as I say, all the flags are there on the international site and they will link you to Maguire's websites all over the globe. Absolutely. Your car can shine no matter where you are, thanks to Maguire's. Absolutely. I want to do a shout out to Heather Lee at Ketchum PR for introducing me to Steve and bringing him today. Thank you, Heather. Steve, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your world with us. Absolutely spectacular. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.